welcome, welcome, y'all. I'm excited. We have a great episode. And I know a lot of people say that all the time, but we really have a great episode today. So I'm not going to take too much time. I'm going to bring in my two lit crew, my advisor, which is also my snickabooka, which is also my mom, and then my support system, who's had my back all my life. That's my sister, Cole. And then I got my manager, Paul, who got my back. So I don't want to hear nothing crazy because he got it. Paul Garino, VP. What up, two lit crew? And let me say this to everybody right now. If I were you, I would watch till the end of the show. That's all I'm going to say. You're probably going to fast forward to the end of the show because I said that, but I would watch till the end of the show if I were you. What's up to my two lit crew? And so we're going to cover it a little bit later in the show, more in depth. But I just wanted to ask you guys, like, the All-Star Game was brought up. And what's your favorite part of the All-Star Game? Like the whole thing as a whole, you know, there's there's the parties, there's the Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union spades party that I heard was lit. Michael Jordan throws an epic Jordan brand party every All-Star because his birthday falls around there. Um, the dunk contest, the three-point contest, the skills competition, or just the game and having the players be the captains now. What is the most exciting part of All-Star to you? For me, you guys could probably assume it's the three-point contest. I like I like seeing them splash, but what, what's it for y'all? Let's start with you, Paulino. What, what's the most exciting thing to you? I forget. Does the, does the three-point contest and dunk contest happen the same night or not? Well, actually, mm-hmm. this year it's gonna happen the same. All of it's gonna happen on the same day. All right. Well, I like the. All right. I like all the pre stuff. I don't like the. I don't watch the game. <laughs> okay. Watch, so I the game the is. Competition, competition. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. could see that. I could see that for real. The game is is it's like rec league almost. No one's really trying until the last couple minutes. So yeah, I could see that. What about you, Cole? What you like? It has to be the dunk. Okay, what do you like about the dunk? I like the dramatic. I like the dramatics. Like, I like that people try to upstage themselves every year. It's like, okay, well, last year they dunked, they jumped over somebody. I like the upstaging. So I think it's the dunk context for me because I'm trying to think, how else can you dunk? Like, how many different ways can you do it? So me, it's a dunk contest. Okay, I like Uh, that. Aaron Gordon won last year, by the way. Oh, Cole's category one, you said? No, Aaron Gordon won last year. Oh, yeah, Aaron Gordon. And then dropped the diss tape, didn't he? (laughs) He dropped like a diss track afterwards. Like, y'all must have forgot. What you think, think, Snookabooka? What's your favorite? Well, since I can't attend the parties, which makes it a little duller for me, you know, being there in person would be so much better. But at any rate, I like the three-point contest because it's the thing that the women can always have in their particular uh, 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 all-star game. So I like, and then my daughter was a three-point shooter, so I can't help but like the uh, the three-point contest. Yes, my snooka I love that. So we got two dunk contests, no, two three-point contests, a dunk contest, and who else likes it? What else did we like? Skills, skills competition. Oh, people like the skills competition? I was thinking that's one that probably could uh, get... Point. I'm a skills competition winner, you're so I probably point, you're, the, you're the point guard. That's all. That <laughs> yeah, right, Renee. That's your that's your cup yeah. of tea. Yeah, that's I good. think I don't know if they brought it back yet. I think they did bring the skills competition back, but it was gone for a while. So for a while there, I was the last person to win the skills competition before they brought it back. But now they brought it back, so it's lit. Okay. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see like a straight up race, though. Like what? Like just a sprint. Yeah. 
I would, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Did you guys know that Wayne Gretzky had a sprint with Pele and Sugar Ray Leonard, like a straight 100 sprint and he dusted them? I'm like shocked. In the front? I'm with Paul. I would love to see a straight out sprint. You know, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, hey, a, I'm, I'm a runner too. I'm a runner too. <laughs> but you know, you see oh people God. run in different aspects of different sports and you're like, yeah. wow, they're fast. Like you see, a, yeah. you see a, um, a basketball sprinter. You could see a soccer Football, football going to win. Football can't be in it. Football yeah. and track and field, they'd yeah. be like their own lane. Like, but yeah. yeah, that would be, I would love to see like, Hunger Games style for like pro athletes. I know MTV pretty much did it with like pros versus, I, th- I know they did something like that, but I would love to see pros just compete in all kinds of different like things and just see like who is the best athlete amongst all athletes. Like, I overall. love that. Overall. A triathlon overall. Yeah. So I like that. So that's a nice little intro. And I have a little surprise for my cruise so i'm throwing in a segment that they have no idea about the segment's called remotely random and it's when i do random things like what i'm about to do right now so i was getting everyone's i was acquiring information on the low i was asking people when is their birthday what time were they born where were they born they think i'm just having a conversation and i don't even normally do that so they should have had a little red flag up but the reason that i did that is because I'm bringing in the hood sorcerer, AKA the hood healer, who is an astrologist, who's going to read us our Zodiac signs based on all of that information that you guys gave me. This is going to be fun. Okay. So the the hood sorcerer, as she has called herself, which I love it. It's, I asked her her whole story. How did she get started? And what, like, what can you tell us about it? And I gave her all of our information. Her name is Christina. I'm going to bring her in right now. All right. So I'm bringing in Christina, the hood sorcerer, the hood healer, all of that good stuff. But Christina, first, before we get into the readings, tell me how you got into this. So so astrology for me at this point has become like a lifestyle. So as a kid, my mom, she would literally have like dream interpretation books all around the house, crystals, sage, just all different types of stuff. And as a kid, for me, I just saw the crystals and thought they were cute. So I was like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) I'm interested in this. But as I got older, I started looking into the meaning of astrology and how it kind of just affects our daily life. Okay, so I know that you guys have heard about when Mercury is in retrograde and it's starting to be talked about more. All these things that I know nothing about, like people, I tell people I'm a Sagittarius and I don't even know what that means, but people be getting hyped sometimes like, oh, you're a Sag? I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about anything, but that's why Christina is here for all things, everything. So Christina, I'm going to give the floor to you. Let's start first. Who should we start with first? <laughs> Um, if you want, I mean, I can jump in. I can jump into it with you first. Oh, okay. Um, Let's get. <laughs> okay. I'll jump, in, I'll jump into it with you first. So, as far as your sun sign, let me just give you guys a quick rundown. Your okay. sun sign is who you are. Your sign. So, like I said, you're a Sagittarius. That's what people see you as. That's your overall who you are. Your personality. Um, your moon sign is going to be your inner. So, how you like your inner self. So that's more so your emotions. 
Um, now, as far as your Venus, that's how you love. Your Mercury is how you communicate. And then your Mars is how you kind of interact, like your anger. And it can oh, even wow. be drive. So oh. as far as like knowing your personalities is deeper than that. Um, so I did put together, like I said, all of your guys' signs. And I'm going to email you all your, your chart because you don't actually want people to know your entire birth chart. Oh, uh, why? Wait, wait, why though, Christine? Why we don't want people to know why they can manipulate so, us or something? Yes, they can manipulate you. So That's you can it. figure out when someone is going to die, when oh. they'll have a kid, when they'll what? get married, all through your chart. Okay, so as far as your birth chart, you do not want people to have access to that. Um, like I said, they can predict when you're going to die, when you'll have a kid, when you'll be married, and they can manipulate these things, especially if someone is out to get you. So you don't want anyone Gosh. playing like any dark magic or anything like that on your life. So keep that information to yourself. Um, but <laughs> for Renee, so I have you as a Sagittarius for your sun sign. Uh -huh. um, your moon is a Capricorn. So that's kind of a conflict in a sense. Yeah, um, so, I'm conflicted I'm, even hearing this. Right, so it's it's kind of a, like a conflict in a sense. Um, I have your rising as a Leo. Your rising is how people perceive you when they first meet you. So, you know, as a Leo, you give off that star power, you know, all about me, very attractive, you know, that type of feel. God complex in a sense. Whoa, um, I'm scared <laughs> of that. Wait, wait a minute. I don't want to hear that. I mean, it's a good quality to have, though. Like, to me, that's a very great quality to have. Probably, you know, while you're doing a talk show, that's something that Leo's like to talk. So do Sagittarius as well. But you kind of like to be involved with people and you like that leadership and that star role. So definitely probably something as far as how you got into, you know, podcasts and like all that type of stuff. Why am I nervous um, hearing this right now? I'm like, what are you going to tell me? Like, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Very nervous. <laughs> Your Mercury is Scorpio. Um, and then your Venus is Scorpio. So that as well is a big contradiction as far as your sun and your moon signs. So as far oh as love, I, do I like, do I have multiple personalities? What's happening? <laughs> in a sense, in a sense. But when you learn your chart, we all do. That's what's so funny. Like once you learn your chart, you're like, well, that's why I act that way. Or like, I'm like, I'm a Gemini. So it's like, I'm a Gemini, but like, I love like a freaking Taurus, that's the complete opposite. So it's just like, you kind of realize why you may do things a different way. Huh, okay, so let's get to somebody else. I'm uncomfortable. Talk about <laughs> Nicole Young. She's on the um, list, Nicole Young. <laughs> yes, so Nicole, how are you doing? <laughs> so I have you as a Pisces. Your sun sign is a Pisces. Your moon is a Leo, so you know, that, that's a contradiction, like I said there. Um, your rising is a Sagittarius. Your Mercury is an Aquarius. <laughs> you love like a Pisces and your Mars is a Cancer. So as far as your chart goes, you know, Pisces are very dream, big dreamers. You know, Pisces, you guys dream. You guys are like artsy and very, you can be very spiritual people in a sense as well. Um, and as far as your... Um, rising being that Sagittarius you know that's kind of like head on so you kind of get the job done I don't really know Nicole personally but I'm pretty sure you can agree Renee like she's probably one of those people that kind of gets the job done um, and so that's the type of personality that you do have you got okay. you, you get a lot on the head there I mean I, I do agree with a lot that you said so yes how do you feel Cole about being red <laughs> It's weird when somebody else could say something to you and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. And they don't know you. Someone who doesn't know you. Huh? Someone who doesn't know you. 
yeah, yeah. someone who doesn't know you and they can tell you that much about you you're like because Ooh. cole can even when you said artsy i always like well first of all cole wraps christmas presents like she's an elf straight from the north pole like <laughs> she's just so meticulous she lines up the the paper like you know how the paper is like a print her paper you can't even see like it li she lines it up like who does that she can draw so just to let you know yeah, yeah is that Pisces are really good draw like drawers. Like I have like an ex-boyfriend and close friends that are all Pisces and they can draw and write. The handwriting is like and the something I've never part, seen before. And the spiritual part is very true too. Like unbelievable and prayer and read that that's all me too. So yeah. Cray cray. Let's see what you got for my VP Paul Garino. What's up? Yes, hi Paul. Yeah. Um, so I have your sun sign as an Aries. Um, your moon as a Gemini, my sign, so go there. Um, your rising as a Libra, your Mercury as a Pisces, your Venus as a Pisces, and your Mars as a Pisces. So oh my gosh! Triple Pisces. A lot of wow. continuity. So Aries in general, Aries are again leaders, um, and Aries are kind of hotheads. Um, <laughs> That's just a chip on his shoulder. That's all. Aries <laughs> are hotheads in a sense. Um, and so as far as the Pisces being your way of communication, it can make you kind of emotional. Um, and so sometimes it can emotional? kind of take the, Yeah, it can kind of, but with the emotion, they react in, I don't want to say anger, but the, instead of them being more of the crying sign, like a water sign, like Pisces, Cancer, um, Scorpio as an Aries is kind of more strong on like Aries are a lot of known to kind of like not fight I don't want to make it like violent but they're more physical um and Paul's not gonna cry about it he's just gonna figure out another way and he's gonna he's gonna have the last say basically yeah right and that's what I mean as far as the fight yeah. like they're like they will argue all day and make huh. their point they'll come back a week later two weeks later three months later and still kind of make that point to you <laughs> What are you thinking, Paul? I like this. Okay, so Paul is the only one so far that doesn't seem like he has like five different personalities as far as how you read us. So Paul, how do you feel about that? It's all right. <laughs> and this is so great because we know, like this is like so far out of our realm, by the way, Christina. So this is mm -hmm. like amazing. Like I've never been read anything. I don't even pay attention to my Zodiac sign. So this is well, like- You know what's really weird? What? Today, my mom told me she cut somebody's hair and uh, she was a medium. What? Yeah, so that's, that's strange. So, man, today, what's the day? Okay, Did let me. Did know anything to her? No, she didn't know until after. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so what, this is a day. So what What do you have for my snookabooka, my mother, Bert Leah Montgomery? Yes. Hi, Snook. Hey. <laughs> so you actually are my favorite, my my second favorite Aquarius. Uh, sign. Aquarius. Yes, I love Aquarius. <laughs> so your sun sign is Aquarius. Um, your moon sign is Taurus. Your rising is Libra. Mercury's Capricorn. Venus Pisces. Mars Pisces. Um, now, when it comes to Aquarius, you guys know it all. Knowledgeable. <laughs> can't tell them nothing. <laughs> come on you professor guys, montgomery okay you guys know it all like i said very intelligent whatever you put your mind to you guys will accomplish that um and then as far as being a taurus moon that's kind of your fixed in a sense um so i don't like change that's my husband's sign taurus <laughs> taurus oh, do not like change did he 
Yeah, um, and, oh, true. Diddy does not like does change, change 100%. 100%. 100%. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do not like change. And then as far as your rising as a Libra, Libra, like I said, Libra is an air sign. So that coincides with your Aquarius. So just very outgoing, very likable person. Um, as far as your communication with Capricorn, it can seem a little closed off at times. Um, so sometimes you can be a little closed off or it might come across as cold to others who are, might be a little more emotional. Oh, look, look, I'm about to say Snook can give an eye. I know that. <laughs> let, me, let me say this. It's so funny that mom's sign, other sign is Taurus and she's married to a Taurus because I'm married to a Leo and my other sign was a Leo. Hmm. And that can that's where a lot of times people will say, wait, I'm a Pisces. I thought I was supposed to date Cancers and Scorpios. Why am I dating a Leo man? But then his Venus could be something that, you know, matches with your Venus. So again, your Venus is how you love and like your love languages and your foundations and all that oh, kind of stuff. Wow. Your yeah, Mercury, again, is your how you communicate. So that Leo could communicate like a Cancer. And that's why you guys get along so well. Oh, well, okay. wait a minute. Let me ask my Sam. <laughs> Sam, what's going on? This is way too deep for me. This is <laughs> Sam. Well, what's your zodiac up. sign? Wow, you don't okay, even know. Okay, so that. I'm with an Aries. What is it? Number one match. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all you have. That's a number one match. What? Well, <laughs> let, let, let me add this. Um, when you were talking in the beginning about the dream books and all mm -hmm. of that, yeah, I grew up with those because I lived in a city where they played street numbers mm -hmm. and they had dream books everywhere because everybody was looking at the dream books, trying to figure out what the number of the day was so they could put a dime on it and put it in a box and, and make <laughs> a lot of money. What? I don't even know what just happened. What is that? So basically they <laughs> were looking at their dreams for those magic numbers to make their bank. Oh, wow. They was betting the house on a dream. Hey, the last one, $172 million, this last um, woman, she, her husband had a dream 20 years ago. She played the numbers and she won. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, then, wow. and this is the other funny thing. When, uh, when I used to be in Detroit, I used to dream. And, and one time I told him this dream and they, the number came out the next day. And so all the time they were always asking me, did you dream last night? This is blowing my mind. Okay, one last thing. What do we know about Libras? Mm. Libras. So Libras are, the well, no, Libras are ruled by Venus. So that's a sign of love. Oh, um, they they're like, lovers. They're suckers yeah. for love. They'll do anything for love. Yes, suckers oh for love. Goodness. Libras, most Libras can always dress. They love fashion or some sort of, when I say they love love, so they love the flashiness. Oh, wow. So, so the makeup art, my makeup artist is a Libra. And yes, so that's that, what I, yep. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, Christina. We should call this remotely exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Like, and what? yes, email, and don't forget to email us um, whatever else that we don't want no, people. No, I will. I'm going to email you all your charts and it breaks everything down. So I have it where you'll see what everything means and then it'll show you what your sign is. Perfect. Awesome. Christina, thank you so much for hopping on remotely. Like that was awesome. Never done nothing like that before, but I saw it on another show and I'm like, yo, we should do that. And this was like, exceeded expectations so thank you christina for yeah, hopping thank on you. here 
Thank you guys for having me. I really hey, appreciate and, it. And real quick, before you go, Christina, where can people find you? Yeah, plus yeah so you can find me. My personal Instagram is underscore Piggy G. My astrology Instagram is the hood sorceress. Ooh, um, ooh. And then, <laughs> yes. Wait, say the last one. You got to oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so I do a traveling, I work marketing communication where I use astro- astrology to roommate man all of the people who travel with us. Um, and that's through Haywire Weekend. Hey, Wire Weekend, man. That is so lit. Yes, Christina, thank you. You are a friend of the show now. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank and you, guys. Move, seventh power, please hit me up. Okay. <laughs> I will. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks, yeah, Christina. Thank you. Oh, wow. Okay. How did you guys like my little surprise? I'm going to have weird dreams now. <laughs> like this should be called remotely exposed because you suppose it's like people say oh this is what a sign is but when somebody tells you everything you're going yep yep i can see that yeah i can see that mm-hmm. it's kind of like you're remotely exposed unreal unreal all right well let's keep the show rolling next up we have remote scoreboard and this is i mean there's a going on all the time i say that all the time but it's like even with myself there's a lot on the scoreboard but paul tell me what we're going to talk about this week and in the in the fitness realm uh-huh. peloton hit a billion dollars in the quarter uh the fourth quarter of 2020 i believe it. Uh, so yeah i just want to know what you guys thought thought about that my first thought is I remember when Peloton during the pandemic when we were like in the house they were having like races with celebrities and I know that like that made them take off because people couldn't go to the gym people couldn't train how they used to people couldn't work out how they used to and then here comes Peloton like yeah you can still compete just get our stuff and now you can compete with the best in the world Beyonce even has like something to do with Peloton so you knew they weren't gonna miss with Beyonce on it yeah and uh, i was very envious of that (laughs) and like the the instructors are getting signed by agencies now which is crazy really like to do what to be go 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 okay to be coaches okay i can see that then motivating speakers and all of that yeah i'm gonna say this i'm not surprised either because i can literally name on one hand five people that i know who said when the pandemic struck they had um they had gym memberships and they were paying them and they couldn't go to the gym so then once that actually fizzled out they were like well i might as well just pay the money and have a peloton i know someone who had a peloton room where they had a tv on the wall they Mm -hmm. had because the thing is is that she worked in her basement she went up to her peloton room because people could literally not leave well the wealth i mean a peloton room excuse well no 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 i'm gonna say this she already had the room she just cleaned it out okay okay <laughs> that's kind of what i did <laughs> listen that's kind of what i did with like uh, my studio over there i turned it into literally a different type of studio like a tv studio but yeah so make it hat and cap and i like it okay what else we got paul big money big money so <laughs> The Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer to a three-year, $102 million guaranteed contract. But now he's the richest, uh, the richest, con- the richest contract in one year. So he's making 40 million in 2000 this year, and then 45 million in 2022. And he could opt out after one or two years. And then the third year he'd make 17 million. I'm underwhelmed. Why? 
That's not a lot of money. I'm sorry. What? I know what my salary is. That's a lot of money. <laughs> and this man is hitting that's a, a that's baseball a, that's a, and running just... around bases. And if the thing is, is if he hits out the home run, he's not even running the bases. He's literally just jogging. Well, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to go even crazier, so the position position players usually pay. It's like one sixty two, like say like one fifty. So the a starting pitcher only plays like it's double. Game. It's double. Know, well, you know why I say that, and I was being facetious, but the NBA numbers now, it's like the seventh man off the bench can get can get a hundred million dollar contract like easy in the NBA now it's crazy the money that the like 200 we just played Rudy Gobert he got a 205 million dollar extension here let me say this basketball and what they do Uh and baseball they're both hard sports yeah but if I could hit the ball hard enough I don't have to be chased I don't have to run I can literally just hit a home run and just Jog around the bases and wait <laughs> the public. Know that my check is going to hit because know that my check run. You know what I'm saying? Like oh. it's a different thing. Like if that seventh man gets in the game, he better make those shots. You better giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up. He he. Oh, that's true. Voice. So I I see it as yes. Baseball players, I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away because they, believe me, they have to work just as hard as everybody. They got to be able to hit it hard enough to get it out of there. But if they do, that's less work that they have to do. That's motivation. I agree that physically demanding, I mean, I think football should be the most paid if we're talking as physically demanding as it is. If I have to play and I know that the longer I play, the higher chance I have of having post-career symptoms and post-career problems, y'all better pay me for my time while I'm there. Like, Pay the man, pay the man. But okay, I get it. What you think, Sticker Book? What you think about that? Well, all, I say it's great. And all I want to do is now I can pray to be reincarnated as a baseball player. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Law, we had astrology talk and now she's talking uh, about reincarnation. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? Sticker Book, a Lord have mercy. Paulina, what you got up next? You guys are too much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the NBA All-Star game. They got moved to Atlanta. So business-wise, I'm assuming that's probably why they're doing it, you know, for yep. the TV ratings and all that. So do you guys think it's, like, fair to the players for, for them to, to go there and things like that? And let me just set this up because LeBron James went on a rant, if people um, haven't saw, but he said – you know, me and my Lakers team, we had 71 days in the offseason because they went all the way to the last game. Then he said they were promised to have a break, and that break was going to be March 5th through March 10th. And now all of a sudden they're hearing about a game on March 7th, and he was like, yo, that wasn't the agreement that I signed up for. He talked about COVID concerns, and he just said, frankly, he's tired. And then De'Aaron Fox, you know, a big-time point guard, he talked about, uh he said if I'm gonna just be honest I think it's dumb he was like but listen I'm hearing that they're gonna find us if we don't show up so if I get voted in I'm gonna play but basically the players are speaking out that they don't necessarily like this idea what are y'all's thoughts on having the all-star game here in the a of course everything happens in the a but what are y'all's thoughts about having an all-star game in this pandemic season let's go with you Cole I think it's I think it's hard on their on their bodies period I, I agree with LeBron. It's like, if you say this is what we're going to do, we've agreed to this, and then you change it, it's it's not it's not right. I'm sorry. It's not right because 
it's this is a physically demanding sport running you talk about shin splints you talk about people rolling ankles you talk you know the body physically needs to rest regardless if you are 20 or you are 30 or you are 40 and if your mindset and a lot of our people you know with people's mindsets as far as athletes if we are told all you got to do is make it to this date yeah <laughs> our body literally is going to shut down yeah because our mind shut down at our that mind has shut down so then if you tell me i got march 5th through March, and then you say oh no you don't the game is on march 7th that means i'm gonna have practice on march 8th or remember march i mean sorry march 6th then your then your body is not going to be rested it's 100 100 snooker what do you think about that okay well you know uh my main thing would be the safety part of it it's yeah. just uh, you know, you're just adding some more chances for something to go wrong uh, or for a sickness or, you know, I, I just, I just, you know, COVID, you know, I'm, I'm happy that the inter- uh, sports wanted to entertain people while they were home and couldn't do anything else. But I think we need to look and, you know, try to and wrap our arms around the players as well and know that, you know, this is, we're safe at home being entertained while they're out there not being safe. And you know, I, I just don't. Um, I don't know. I like that, it. No, I, I mean that's that's one of the big concerns. COVID uh, is the valid concern. You guys on this, Paulino? What do you think? I'm sorry, I agree with Snuff. Like it's just not worth it. Like what is the point in doing that? And then so we already talked about it a little bit earlier, but <clears throat> they were the NBA thought that they were making like a compromise, and so they're like, hey, we'll have everything on the same day, like the All Star game, the three point contest, the dunk contest, and the players was like um if we're gonna break from march 5th through the 10th and you put a game on march 7th we no longer have a break like we have no vacation no rest time no nothing so you know that's tough it's tough i mean i understand it i get it but like they said it's a business and that's why it's on remote scoreboard because logically it makes no sense but then when you factor in the tv rights for an all-star game and all that comes along with it sponsorship who like the sprite dunk contest like you know like things we already know that are sponsored then you're like of course they're gonna try to do it what's up i want to say this then if they don't get the results they want if aren't peppy the games aren't 100 percent. the duck contest is whack and you know if people don't give that 100 percent, then you know why if you just get like a lukewarm response don't be surprised i mean like okay i'm here i'm doing and complying with what i said i would do do i have to do it 100 percent? no oh yeah lebron said he will be at the game physically but he will not be at the game mentally so to cole's point that's exactly what's going to happen the players are just going to show up and look like the monsters took all the life out of them it's not gonna work i don't know but let's not digress yeah i digress all right so we're going to move along and we all know the sports business is booming so for hero irl I wanted to bring in somebody that's booming in the sports industry business and the gaming business because the black and brown community isn't thriving in it just yet. So Dante Simpson, he has something to say. He's a heavy hitter in this game. And I'm going to let Dante tell you about what he has going on. Dante. Hello, my name is Dante Simpson. I am the CEO and co-founder of eSpat TV. It was an opportunity that was built and I'll kind of backtrack a little bit. So we have two different entities. There is eSpat and there's eSpat TV. Uh, so eSpat itself uh, was born out of need, to be quite honest with you. 
it, it, it's more or less uh, a, a licensed platform, very similar to Getty, for example, but we only focus on esports um, and gaming content globally. Um, so my partners and co-founders, they were honestly just looking for photos. They couldn't find any esports photos and said, hey, here's an opportunity and opportunities are often born that easily. Um, and we started and have become uh, the largest in this space for licensed content, photos uh, and, and, and assets. Uh, but I am a content guy. Uh, so I started to take a look at the future of where esports and gaming is going. And I said, wait, there's another opportunity here uh, to identify premium content. Think high-end commercials, think of shows, think of your esports, uh, your, your, your ESPN 30 for 30s um, around esports content. So your content that lives not only on Twitch, but also on, on, on some of your, uh, your, your other platforms out there. And then we have pursued this journey, found some amazing partners, and here we are, Eastbat TV. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we wanted to broaden our scope and we had a global agenda. Um, and we said, who are some of the largest names, uh, you know, some of the beloved folks in the world of content that may not today be focusing on esports, but they need to. Um, and, and, and we created a list. We, uh, you know, as, as you know, it's the festive time. So we checked it twice, you know, and, and we, were, we were more or less just trying to identify who would be the ideal partners. Um, and the crown jewel of that was Ridley Scott. We took a look at his creative group and a lot of people associate him with, you know, American Gangster, Gladiator, some of his other, you know, you know, feature films that have kind of put him on Mount Rushmore, you know, beginning back in 1977 with Alien. So he's been around for a while, uh, but the, a lot of folks don't know some of his current work. Um, and, and, and I recommend that you go to RidleyScott.com, take a look. I mean, there's so many Beyonce fans, uh, but they don't know that, uh, that, that, that he's behind uh, a lot of Beyonce's work as well. Um, and, you know, just to kind of really get a scope of, you know, some of the stuff that he's done, forgive me, I think it's Black is King, uh, you know, most recently coming out, but you kind of take a look at some of the stuff that Beyonce's done and you realize that Ridley Scott Creative Group is behind just that to just give you an example of some, but there's just so much more, uh, Childish Gambino, Gambino and so many other folks. So when you start to marry culture, and Ridley, you don't really associate that, but when you, you do a little research, you're like, wait, this guy's worked with Burna Boy? What are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense, but it has happened. Um, so we took a look at the gaming culture and we thought that he would be a great fit. Uh, we kind of pitched him on what we were doing. He got it, he loved it. Um, and you know, the creative group, uh, his Ridley Scott creative group became a part um, and partnered with East Fat TV. It's, it's interesting to see a lot of the partnerships that have happened. So I'll give you an example. A lot of folks from uh, our culture have stepped into the gaming community, first of all, because a lot of them are just simply gamers. You know, you look at folks like Wiz Khalifa and, and Snoop Dogg, they game all the time. Um, and then you start seeing folks like Post Malone, Sway Lee. There's just a lot of folks who have stepped into this space offset, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of folks have really stepped in and it's, it's just a natural fit. You know, when you start talking about cross-pollinating cultures, um, Juju Smith-Schuster from, you know, from, from, the, uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers loves gaming. He is a true gamer to the core. Um, and, you know, just identifying, you know, that here's a culture where music transcends, gaming transcends. We know what the number one music art form is in the world, hip hop, you know, transcends. And, you know, once you start to mix that world, it only makes sense for people of color to step in and truly step in from a creative perspective. Um, and I give a shout out to people like Delaney Parnell. You know, he, he, he created 
uh, play versus, um, and they're tackling the high school agenda. Um, and to, just to have these other folks who have stepped in that look like, 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 uh, like you and I, uh, that truly have a passion for and are lending their creativity. And I liken it to um, the NFL. And we often say, hey, there's no, there's no black owners. Why are there no black owners? Why is this the NBA? And we're just, you know, we're, we're looking WNBA, you know, we start looking at ownership and saying, where are our people? Um, and, you know, I, I took my cues from Tyler Perry, to be quite honest with you. And this was during the Oscar So White era, where he said on the BET stage, so many of you are trying to have a seat at the table. I'm in Atlanta. I built my own table. Come join me. That's what I'm saying to folks. Listen, you want to figure out where to align in sports. You want to figure out these opportunities, but we wait until all the seats are taken. And then we want to say that we, we want to fight to have a seat at the table. Build your seat now. The opportunity is now to actually build your seat and, 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 and build your table. You know what I mean? So bring it all together. And that's what I would urge for our folks uh, to really take a look at this in a real business, from a real business perspective and capitalize on opportunity. I always say, and I, and I love talking to you about this because you are you, you you obviously come from a basketball background. I always say that the NBA had three stages of the NBA. There was the early era of the colorful basketball. I always call that the Dr. J era, right? And then there was the rivalry era. I like to call that the magic versus bird era. And then there was Michael Jordan. And when Michael Jordan came along, he taught everyone how to create an ecosystem create a business, become a conglomerate within yourself. And what do we see now? We see LeBron and everything that he's built with Mav and, 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 and Rich and the entire crew over there. We see folks that, you know, KD and what he's doing with Rich and, you know, these folks that are doing tremendous things in basketball. I actually come with that mind frame. We all know that gaming is a huge industry, but how do you actually build stars? I applaud Ninja. He's done a great job at it. Um, he is one. We need to have more maybe not ninjas, but we need to have more individuals that are their own brand globally, not only within the community, but outside. You don't have to like basketball to know exactly who LeBron is. Like if you just, you, you know, that's when you start, you know, people mourned Kobe, you know what I mean? A lot for his basketball accolades, but a lot because of the person that he was. You know what I mean? He, he is somebody who transcended, rest in peace, somebody that transcended basketball itself to become his own. And look at what he accomplished. I mean, he went on to win awards, you know, outside of that space from, from a production and content perspective. So that's what we're looking to do is not only amplify the community in 2021, but also to, to bridge. So we are the first agency that has a first look deal with Netflix. We're the first agency, we're, we're the first group that also has a first look deal with Hulu. How does that happen? You know what I mean? It's like, we, but these folks are understanding that they need to tap in. We understand that we're trying to amplify the community. Um, we love what Twitch is doing, um, but you know, it wasn't until the NBA became a global game that it really became what it is today. Um, and obviously esports is that global game, but we wanna create those global stars independently, not only within the space, but, with, but throughout. That's our 2021 objective. So our pandemic pivot is identifying teams, organizations that we can amplify outside of the space while doing it inside of the community as well. A lot of folks, you know, may love the commercial without, which is for Free Fire, without ever having played the game. You know what I mean? And that's where you look to leverage, you know, the global appeal of somebody like Cristiano 
to, to, to amplify the title itself. You know, I know folks who were like, wow, I've never played Free Fire. I'm going to go download it and check it out. Well, that's the objective. You know what I mean? It's, how, do you, how do you identify somebody that's got tremendous global appeal, the, 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 the largest sport globally, um, and, and is truly committed? That was actually really good in the commercial. That's also, you know, a, 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 a wonderful thing that he had the personality to match. Um, and, and, you know, bringing that type of thing to life. So we take a look at Free Fire um, with Cristiano. We take a look at Cyberpunk 2077 with Keanu Reeves. You know what I mean? And kind of bringing these folks. And that's what we're looking to do. And when I say premium content versus just content, that's where we step into this arena where folks trust us with their A-list talent to say, listen, we, if we're going to do it and we want to do it right, let's align with these folks. And we are those folks. So we're looking at the difference between content and premium. And that's an example. And, you know, tremendous folks to work with. Our teams haven't had, you know, it's been an amazing pleasure to work with everybody that we have. But that's an example of how we're bringing, you know, one group in uh, to this audience. And then you'll start seeing there's an inbound, outbound relationship. You know, next stage of that campaign is what does it look like when Cristiano Ronaldo is playing soccer versus a gamer. You know what I mean? And what does the funny of that look like and kind of bringing that to life uh, through commercial campaigns? So that's, you know, the future and the vision of what we're doing here. Thank you everybody so much for tuning in. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us. You are now rocking with Remotely Renee. Stay tuned. I love that, you know, because we all know the future is in tech, in esports, in gaming, in all of that. And so Dante, they are leading the charge. And so Dante, I'm going to holler at you because we got to do some things because I'm trying to get in that space more. But let's move on. Let's move on. We're at a little bit different order than we normally do. But like I said, this is going to be a jam-packed show. and We got a lot to get to. So Remote roses. Every every week, I like to give out roses to people that are just doing dope things in the community. And so for this week's remote roses, for actually for this whole month, we're having teachers give out the roses. And also we're showing love to the teachers because they're killing it out here, having to go virtual and different things of that nature. So let me bring in the teacher that's going to give us some roses this week and just a little bit about her. So her name is Natasha Ali, and she is, and she's a teacher of an elementary school in Chicago, the Chicago area. So I know that she probably has some great stories. That's for another day. But Natasha Ali is going to come in here, and she's going to help us give out some roses. Um, and then I want to ask her a couple questions. So Natasha, where you at, girl? Okay, Hi guys. So, thanks for having hello me. Hello there. So what's <laughs> up, Natasha? Okay, it's Natasha Ali, right? I'm making sure I'm saying your name. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so Natasha, you have went completely viral on TikTok, 129,000 followers, something wild like that. First of all, just tell me, like, what do you do on TikTok? Like, what is everybody clicking on? You know, it's, it's the kids' reactions and stuff. I've always wanted to have, like, a camera on me because just hearing the things that the kids say to me every day, I'm like, man, I wish I could look at an adult and be like, you hear that? You hear that? <laughs> so then when I was able to put the camera up and just record the kids' reactions, it's perfect. Oh, I can imagine because we've all seen the show, kids say the darnest things and different things of that nature. Snook, you good? And, and all of that. So I just can only imagine the things that you hear during your class segments. Oh, Snook was getting her. I was going to say, Snook, are you all right? Things that she hears during her class segments. So if you guys want to be entertained, please follow Natasha Ali on TikTok. It is entertaining. And so Natasha, you're going to give out some roses for us today. So are you 
Are you ready? Let me get everybody get your boards, get your stuff ready. Okay, I got my board. Paul, did you have a board today? Yeah, Isn't we never know Paul is going to participate in the team <laughs> activities because he does his own thing. So I hope he participates. He better participate. I'm gonna tell you that right now. So hit us with hint number one. Okay, so hint number one. This person supported American designers and was considered a fashion icon. Ooh, I got a guess. I do have to, I do too. I'll wait till my second one though. Who, who did you put up? Yeah, oh, okay. why can't we see that? Hold on. Who do we show? You can try to show. Okay. <laughs> no, I said. I don't know if I can see everybody. Oh, nope, that's not it. None of them? No. Oh. None of them? Snook yeah, guessed, one of them is. Someone Snook guessed Michelle okay, Obama. Keep, no, 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 keep going, keep going. No, keep, keep going. going. Don't tell keep us who it is don't yet, tell, then. Don't tell us. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, this wow. Advocated, this person advocated for education, physical activity, and nutrition. Oh, oh yes. Obviously. I know this now. Avocados. Hello. What was that song? Um, What was that song? She Come on, y'all got to know. She was singing a song about vegetables. <laughs> Okay, okay, hold on a second. All right, keep going. What's the third hint? I'm a sick okay. line. So uh, this person quoted, when I get up and work out, I'm working out just as much for my girls as I am for me, because oh. I want them to see me as a mother who loves them dearly, who invests Woo! in them, who also invests in herself. It's just as much about letting them know as young women that it's okay to put yourself a little higher on your priority list. You better preach to us, okay? I like this lady. Keep going. Wait, wait, wait. So did you guys guess it right already? Yeah, we yes, did. We know oh, this yeah. stuff. Oh. <laughs> Where are you at? We know this good stuff. You can't give us a good one. We gonna really turn up for it. Keep, keep giving us the hints. All right, all right. This Chicago native created a public health campaign to help solve the problem of childhood obesity. Obesity, West Virginia. Hello, somebody. We're like the number one state in childhood obesity in are West we Virginia. Really? We really are. So I need to link up with Michelle Obama and we need to get West Virginia all the way together. <laughs> yes, yes, she's right. <laughs> but I want to hear the rest of the, I like what you're telling us. Keep telling. I have one more here. In okay, 2020, okay. they topped Gallup's, or she topped Gallup's poll of the most admired women in America for the three years running. And I'm going to tell you, if they saw her in that suit, they know why. Boy, yeah. Woo! Keep talking about that. Wait. So we know, if you don't know who it is yet, it Forever is. Ever first lady. first yeah. lady. Michelle Obama, Snooka Booka, you can't tell Snook nothing. Look at Snook, she hype. We know you got it right on the first try. Snook hype. Tally. So right now, mom is winning, right? I guess she still got the tally because it's. Well, how is she winning? That's her first one. No, no, she had, no that's her second one. And Paul got one. I have. No, I got two. I'm, I got two. What? Paul, uh, uh, what's your receipt? Yes. You didn't have two receipt. days of boards. <laughs> <laughs> Because I had to go back and look, and then I forgot I had one, but I forgot which one it was. Well, then it doesn't count. So Snook has one or two, Snook. Two. Mom has what? two. She tried Who's to your winners? Who, who did you guess? Who, me? Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember, but I know I, I remember have. she got one, and then she got this one. And Paul may have two, but I don't even remember him have two days of board to even write it down. <laughs> so so is, this, is this the accurate... 
You ain't gotta put me out like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess right now, Paul, I, we need to fact check Paul, but he's trying oh, to tell on. me that he needs two tallies on his sheet. All so right. Paul well, Paul is at zero. Snook has two. You just gave Snook one, Natasha. She is, I know she, you couldn't tell her nothing when she was sitting up there. She knew she knew it. She's like, y'all can get the rest of y'all's clues if you want to. She knows she wasn't. <laughs> she got awesome. the first clue. That was supposed to be harder. I didn't think she would oh, get yeah. out the first one. I, I love fashion. That oh, you was uh, talking to the wrong group. Yeah, but before yeah, you go, yeah. before you go, tell me one of a crazy story that's just happened in the classroom that you just you were blown away. I know it's like it's probably so many to choose from, but one of those moments where you were like, wow, I really or one of your most popular TikToks where it happened in just tell us a story. Okay, so um, let's see here. I, uh, hmm, I'm like, oh, don't say that one. Let me see. No, um, you can say anyone. I want to hear it all because I know kids say some wild stuff. So, and especially you, your elementary school, right? Yeah, all these are wild for real. Um, I mean, I hear like not not so much this year, but like kids are like. Um, hey, they got a secret, they got a story, they want to say, oh, my dad has a new friend, but we can't tell mom because, <laughs> I mean, they, I've heard that three times. My dad has a new friend, her name's Michelle, but we can't tell mom. Oh, She's really pretty, baby. I like her, but we can't tell mom. I know like, don't tell me either, don't tell me either. Like that. Don't tell me either. <laughs> I'm like, I know mom, don't tell me either, because I will tell mom. <laughs> You mean to tell me they are in there snitching like that? Oh, you know it. That's why these parents are already scared about sending their kids to school because they're going to tell your business. Oh my! And they're why going they to tell, tell the all your business? And see, the first, the, the number one thing you don't tell kids is don't tell anybody because then they know they got to tell everybody. They about to run till that. Yes, they're gonna oh. tell everybody. Oh, because no, it's a big Lord. secret just weighing on them. They have to tell someone. They have to tell on the <laughs> day. I cannot with this. That is crazy, Natasha Ali. Thank hey, you. Hey, I gotta, so much. I gotta ask, I gotta ask what the what the uh, like TikTok video that went most viral for you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, okay. My most viral TikTok video is that uh, that one kid asked me if I could do the WAP dance for him, <laughs> and it was at the beginning. He was so ah, now you love it. Yeah, he was. He's in second grade, and he was like, "Miss like, can we do the WAP? Can can you do the WAP? Can we do it?" I was like. But no. you mean like the song that says, there's some oh in this yeah. house. Yeah. Some, oh, I know you lying, Natasha. Now, what was they going to do with that song? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's not appropriate. Do you even listen to the words? He's like, yeah, it's appropriate. It's appropriate. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And he's going to try to tell us what's appropriate no. for him. Yeah, that, that was... That had me rolling. So oh, funny. snap. I got it. We're going to play that one, actually. So look, here is the video where, Natasha, do you do the WAP? We ain't even ask if you did it or not. Oh, Not today. I I love it. I'm waiting for that though, but no, it's not happening. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm terrified. I know even in my son's classes, somebody turns off, turns on their uh, volume and then they play wild songs for everyone to hear the most vulgar part of the song. That's what the kids are doing now. That's how they're choosing to get tossed out of class in school right now. So <laughs> that's the new wave, but I love that's it. Cool. I like this teacher vibe. Yes, Natasha Ali. Thank you for coming in and joining the two lit crew and myself on remotely Renee.
Thank you for having me, guys. Keep up the good work. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, I forgot. I didn't give out the roses. Uh, skip oh, roses. So Michelle Obama, this one. This rose is for you, Natasha Ali, Michelle. Let me get some more. What's up? <laughs> we got to give out the roses, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, guys. This is great. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man, this is... I tell you, we had a show today, okay? Okay. Let's see here. What are we moving on to next? Snookabooka. Oh, wait, nope. Really back in. It's not you just yet, Snookabooka. This is Remotely One-on-One. And so for Remotely One-on-One, this week I went one-on-one with Brandon Copeland. He's the epitome of more than an athlete. I mean, he went to an Ivy League school, football player, plays for the New England Patriots right now, went to a Ivy League school, the same school that he went to, he's now a professor at. What are we talking about for a course called Life 101? And his course literally teaches you everything that you need in life that we should have learned in school, taxes, how to buy a house, all of that stuff that we probably should have learned in school on a normal basis. Brandon's teaching you that. So check out his website if you want to just learn those things. I highly recommend it. But Brandon, let's talk about it. All right, so Brandon, 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 Brandon. Okay, so you got, you're way different than the typical athlete mold. And I want to kind of get all the way to that. So let's start out when you were young, you're in high school, you have your choice to go pretty much a lot of places and you choose an Ivy League school in, in Penn. What was your thought process going, going that route? Yeah, I think, you know, so the third to last game of my senior season, um, I literally, I'm captain of the team. Coach puts me in, somebody gets hurt, puts me in at halftime on kickoff returns. My first time doing special teams since seventh grade, maybe, right? And now it's crazy. My career has been special teams. Uh, but I remember, you know, dudes running down the field and this thing feeling like war. Like, I remember just being like, God dang, I haven't seen the game like this in a while. And my own teammate falls on my ankle, falls on the back of my leg, and it pops. And I'm just like, oh, and I'm limping around the rest of the game, rest of the season, literally. Still able to play, but it just wasn't the same. And that, that for me, was the moment where, you know, all those people who've always said, hey, like, you're one play away from never being able to play again, all those type of things. Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, y'all not playing. Like, right. <laughs> so had the opportunity to go to Penn. Um, my grandfather also, he played 11 years in the league, uh, won a Super Bowl, went to two yeah. of them, though. And, and he was also just that, that we all need to have that voice of encouragement, that voice of like, oh, I can do this type of thing. And he was the one for me who helped make it, hey, like, if you're good enough, they're going to find you. But yeah. nobody will ever be able to take that pen degree away from me type of thing. So that's where I like that you brought up your grandfather because, like, Again, he ha already had the pedigree and different things. Growing up, was that like a crutch? Like, you know, you knew you had somebody right there that's already been there, already done it. Was he like involved a lot in your football career younger? I think he did an amazing job because he never pushed himself or pushed me to football, right? It never was yeah. like an overbearing thing. We would be at the house. He was just granddad, yeah. right? Um, and he was very humble in that regard. So it actually made it more, I think it made me fall in love with football more because it was my way of kind of like 
secretly connecting with him. He has six grandsons. He had three daughters. All of them had two grandsons. So he always brags to people like, yeah, I kind of got back with the world. Finally got me my boys, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But like my brother and I, we were the only ones that played football. So it was kind of like my secret, you know, language with him. And um, although he loved us all the same, you know, you would never really tell a different, he bragged about us all equally. I, you know, personally just always felt like that was something cool that we had together um, type of thing. So, you know, I know he was proud of it um, and, and everything like that. But I think the cool thing, one of the things I took from him too, as I said before, is like, he never pushed us, right? It was always yeah. about that we have fun. And literally after the game, it'd be like, hey, Colt, how'd you do? You know, how'd you, how'd you feel? You know, I, I felt good, but I missed this play. I missed this type. Oh, okay, yeah, it was cool. Did you have fun? I, oh, I like that. So he wasn't like stuck on how you play it for stats. He just wanted to make sure you was enjoying it. Exactly. I think he knew ultimately if I had fun, then, you know, we'd be. Straight, yeah. Right. Yeah. So Definitely. I think that was cool, man. Okay. So you, you get hurt a little bit, but you get to Penn state, you're there now and you're trying to make a name for yourself. What is that like? Like getting to the next platform, you already felt what it could be like a little bit like, wow, the game can be taken away from you, but you advance to the next level. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So we end up going there and going to, to UPenn because, you know, we, we, we uh, it's funny, the biggest letdown to people in the world is when they hear you're a football player uh -huh. and they think you go to Penn State. Because <laughs> Penn State is good football, it's yeah. big time, it's ooh, the white out and all of those yeah. types of things. And you're like, oh man, you go to Penn State? <laughs> He go to Penn State. No, no, no. It's it's you, Penn. It's it's Ivy League. Like it's not really. We don't really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I go to Penn State. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's so. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, it 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 was, it was cool. It was, it was the. <laughs> I thought I was going to hate it going into it. Uh -huh. Um, as crazy as that sounds, because I'm like, man, I'm going to Ivy League school. I'm supposed to be playing big time football. All this stuff. And you know, once you commit to something, now you're like, ah, I can't take it back. Yeah, you're in there. You're it in ended it. Up being the most amazing experience of my life because that competitive spirit that drove me on the football field, which clearly has worked out well for me, right? It also yeah. started to drive me off the field where now I saw people coming back after the summer break where my freshman year, I went home, trained, and you know, I was just, I've worked, I've worked at Walmart and Social Security. And they coming back, yeah, I just had this internship at Morgan Stanley. I just did this at Goldman Sachs. I just did this. And you like, oh, you made what? Whoa, you made, that's, dang. And so that was a little snippet. We didn't even get to get to Life 101, but I highly recommend on Thursday, check out the full interview, man. This guy, he just has it together. He understands finances, life, all of that. So, and by the way, his little boy is so cute and they go viral like every other day is so cute, but I digress. I'm moving on. Let's go on to, and thank you, Brandon, for hopping on with us. Let's move on to Snooker Booker's area, remote roots. And I know that Snooker Booker has been getting her notes together, preparing all week. She's actually has this all laid out. So Professor Montgomery, do your thug fizzle. Okay, so this is still Black History Month, and so uh, we're coming up on Valentine's Day, so I thought I'd do a great Black History love story, and it 
kind of uh, really intersects with my life. So let me get started here. It's probably one of the love stories in West Virginia. I said one of the greatest. Okay, the coming for the notebook. You heard it here first. <laughs> okay, so it's about Samuel Cavill. He was a wealthy white plantation owner from a powerful Virginia family, and he was known for his strong will and his temper. He was born in 1802 in Georgia, or they think in Georgia, maybe in England. It is believed that he traveled from Richmond, Virginia to the Kanawha Valley, and that's where I reside, the Kanawha Valley. And he brought slaves with him to work in the salt mines. At the time, Kanawha Valley was part of the state of Virginia. Hmm. On one of his trips uh, to purchase slaves, he saw a beautiful Mary Barnes. She was on sale at a slave auction and he was stricken with her beauty. And instead of purchasing the three field hands that he went to buy, he spent all of his money on Mary Barnes and purchased her. It was not strange during this time in history for slave owners to have children with their slaves. But the difference in this story is that he not only uh, brought the, brought, bought Mary Barnes, but he also married her hmm. and all children he claimed as his own instead of uh, selling them like most slave owners did. So he went as far as to find her first child that she had before he bought her and purchase him and bring him back to his mother so that she would be with her first child. Okay, so Samuel, uh, Samuel Barnes ended up purchasing 967 acres of land in the Kanawha Valley which was nine miles from what is now the capital of West Virginia, Charleston. Uh, he moved his wife, his family, and his slaves to this property and uh, started having them work and had a really working farm there. He also set his wife free and all of his children. So he went to great lengths to guarantee that his wife and his kids were able to, because he figured something was going to go wrong. So he went to great lengths to make sure that his wife and his kids were in his will and would inherit all of his wealth and his property. So he, the land that he purchased was originally owned by George Washington. Oh, wow. So he, <laughs> uh, court records indicate that he wrote four wills. The first one was in 19, I mean, 1851. And so he went on to write three more wills and a codicil to his will all the time because he knew that something probably was going to go wrong with him. So it was during the Civil War time. And so on September 12, 1863, when he wrote the codicil for his will, he took the slaves, because he had originally said the slaves would work for six years and then they would be free. But something made him mad, so he took their freedom away and still just made sure that his wife and his kids were indicated in his will to inherit his will. Okay, so on, let's see, July 18th, 1865, Samuel Barnes was killed by some neighbors who were upset with him. Some say they were upset with him because he helped the Confederate soldiers and others said they killed him because of his family situation. They didn't like that. So anyway, seven people were tried and acquitted for his, for his murder. And so on December 1865, the courts ruled that Samuel Samuel Barnes's wills would stand and his wife would inherit as wow. he had hoped his wife and children would in inherit his will. So in that time, it was unheard for a colored person, much less a colored female to own 
all of that property. It was more than any of the white landowners owned and it was more land than all of the black people in West Virginia owned combined. Wow. So in 1869, Mary petitioned the court to have her and her children's name changed to Cabell. In 1870, the commissioners divided the land amongst her and her children. And at that time it was worth $42,028, which would be about a half a million dollars in today's market. Before uh, he was killed, Samuel Cabell tried to give his kids the best education possible. So a lot, because there was no education for Negroes in West Virginia. So many of his kids went to Ohio to uh, black academies to be educated. Even after his death, his kids were still sent there for their education. And then, uh, so it ended up as an 1870 rarity that there was black educated uh, college people in his family. Some of them were doctors, some teachers, et cetera. Some of the children settled in other states and some came back to the Kanawha Valley to live. Eventually, the hometown that he, the farm that he had in the town turned into the City of Institute, which is still oh, at the <laughs> And it was one of the few places that freed slaves were allowed to live in West Virginia. So oh, anyway. Snap. I realized what's happening. Oh, yeah. snap. Keep going, so, Snap. So in 1891, the West Virginia legislature passed a law creating the West Virginia Colored Institute. A site was, they looked around all over for sites to put this black institution. They even tried St. Albans, but St. Albans didn't want that there. Oh, so at any wow. rate, um, they bought from um, Mary Barnes's daughter, Marina. Uh, how many acres of land was it? 30 acres of land. And there they started West Virginia, what is now West Virginia State University. State University, <laughs> what? That's crazy. That's awesome. And, I would never knew. And they, they, they purchased it for $2,250. Wow. And are you, are you done? Cause I have a, like, this is crazy because a lot of people probably are wondering like how in the world did an HBCU get in West Virginia? Like I'm sure a lot of people had that question and this is what in the Bridgerton is going on. This is Bridgerton. <laughs> so, let me finish up. So Mary Barnes died in 1900 an 85 year old great grandmother. And she was buried in the family plot next to her husband who had been slain. And so this is on this campus right now, State's, uh, West Virginia State College. If you go down the main street, you can see on the right-hand side of the road where they are buried along with a couple of their kids. Okay, so in addition to, uh, for me, in addition to graduating from West Virginia State University talk, yo, talk. And, and working there for 30 years, I was blessed to be able to work, uh, to know two of his descendants personally. <laughs> so one of my junior high teachers, Mrs. Ruth Holt, was one of his descendants. And after uh, I started working at State, we actually served on the board of advisors for Western State Community College together. And then another one of his descendants was Mrs. Thelma Hall. And I don't know if Renee, I mean, Renee or you or uh, Nikki remember her. She attended our church in St. Albans, West Virginia. And I've been friends with her daughter since the first grade. That's Marty Luke. What? Uh, <laughs> the Cabells. What? This is just <laughs> bizarre. Like, this is crazy. 
This is, I was waiting for you to tell us he was our uh, one of Fanny Pearl's husbands. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> he has some kids. He was great granddad or what? I was like nervous for a second. Like, okay. So today is the home of West Virginia. Uh, today Institute is the home of West Virginia State University, a major power plant the State Police Training Academy, and many, many homes that are now uh, racially diverse in that particular area. And I forgot to add that as uh, HBCU, Western State University is also racially uh, integrated as well. And it always had the name of, uh, this is one of the major slogans, a living laboratory of human relations. And so I feel that the birth of Virginia State University gave birth to my Valentine's Day story. Hey, and her Valentine's Day story <laughs> she met my Diddy on campus. I'm gonna let y'all, I'm gonna let her tell that story a whole nother time, but their story is wild in itself. This is, it's like crazy. Yeah. We're mind blown. This is, yes, this is our real mother, but like who, we should be sitting down more and hearing these stories, but it's crazy. We're gonna hear these stories with you all. I Love it, Snookabooka. I love it. Okay, so we, you know, Snookabooka took us back to West Virginia. And so we have a segment coming up and I am, I don't know how to feel about this. So the segment is called Dear Basketball. I'm sure you can assume why. And so I've always wondered what like my dear basketball moment was going to be like. And, and now that it's here, I'm like a little bit nervous, speechless, but I want to just start by saying I'm retiring from the WNBA and I enjoyed all 11 years of it. Like I was one of those players that I enjoyed my time. Go check the tape. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And I know it's cliche to say, cause everybody always says it, but I really do plan on staying around the game, staying around everything involving basketball. Like that's just, it's in me. So I'm going to do it. But you know, when I when I think back to when I opted out in June, oh gosh, I was trying not to cry. Ugh. Okay, so goodness. Ugh. All right, so uh can't do this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is ridiculous. All right, I'm getting soft in my older age. It's probably time for me to retire. But um, okay, so when I think back to when I opted out in June, I cannot, oh, hold on, I'm going to have to pause and get myself together. All right. Let me drink some water. Get it together. All right. Thank goodness for this thing. Let me see. Oh, Lord. I'm a cry red mess. All right. So let's get it together. All right, so when I think about when I opted out last June, I was like thinking, all right, I'm gonna hit a little pause button and I'm gonna see what's going on in the community. And then it just kind of, gosh, I did not expect this. <laughs> Jeez. All right, let's get through it. Let's get through it. Um, Let me see, we're gonna have to skip around because all right, I'm going to get through the whole thing in one second. All right, so when I opted out in June, I really did not expect that to be my last game, my last anything. But 
I wanted to add to the momentum and now it's like it's rolling and everything is is just going so I'm about to just not have to do this right now okay let me just take a second all right so it just I just wanted to add to the momentum and so it's rolling right now and I want to first thank God because I've had a healthy career I mean 11 year career I've not been injured but once so I'm blessed. That's a blessing because you can't really control injuries. And so I was very fortunate for that. Um, tore my ankle one time and then I was wearing Kobe's ever since. Um, but, you know, I need to thank my family, Snook, starting with you, Snook and Diddy, uh, Cole, Shay, everybody. And so my whole support system, I need to thank everyone like that. I am trying to get through this. I did not expect to cry this much. I knew it was coming. What is going on? Um, but <laughs> my whole support system, you know, because it started in West Virginia and it took us all over. So um, it just started out as me wanting a D1 scholarship and wanting to, gosh, I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. Um, okay, so it started out as me just wanting a D1 scholarship. And then I went to UConn. It was like the rest was history. You know, I went to the WBA wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, as Snookabooka would say. And I went in there and I just wanted to be a part. Like I wanted to be a part of everything. The the league, the sisterhood. Ugh! All right. I wanted to be a part of everything, like the league, the sisterhood, like everything that the WNBA had to offer. I wanted to be a part of it. So I did that. I kind of dove in and I was enjoying it, you know, ended up being sixth woman of the year, all-star, just a lot of different things, two championships, more than I could have asked for. So basically I want to just thank everybody. Um, my coaches throughout that, all that time, I've had some unreal, amazing coaches. Um, my teammates, my family, my fiance, all my family now for supporting me. Um, on this wild, crazy journey, and I'm excited just to see where it takes us next. So, dear basketball, I shouldn't be crying over you because we're still going to be together, but let's just keep this momentum going. So, I'm thankful for my 11 years. Cole, Snook, what y'all have anything? Um, this is kind of crazy because y'all were on the journey with me. So, y'all have anything cold that was I did not expect it to be that hard um but I love basketball so I kind of did expect it but yeah okay well all I can say is it, it's been great um you know uh it's been a way of life <laughs> yeah for, uh, for sure since uh, you were around five years old I just can't imagine uh, or even know the number of games and events and things we've attended uh down through the years and it's like we lived and we breathed uh basketball and uh it's been great and you've been uh you've made us very very proud let me add that uh never a day in my life have i been disappointed with 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 you and your career and you know the the things and the choices and things you've done uh so all I can say is uh, it's been a great quarter of a century and uh, I'm looking forward to the, the next quarter of a century. Thank you, Snookaboka. Appreciate that. If, if I'm still around. Oh, you better be. <laughs> oh, we got stuff to do. You better be. <laughs> Cole? Um, I have dreaded this day <laughs> today 
all day since you told us because yeah every time I see you I even tell I even tell my family like every time I see you I can't take you seriously because I keep seeing that five-year-old that two-year-old and you're my little sister so it's always like I know she's that threat. I know she's that good. I've seen it. I know she is, but she's still my little sister. So every time I see you, even when I saw you play in championships and in games, I just saw you as the little girl who was playing with the boys and and who kicking their butt. <laughs> yeah, kicking their butt and they were mad about it. <laughs> and, you know, playing all boys leagues and they would hate to see you get on the court. Yeah. So I just, I just regardless of where you were in your career, I always saw the same little sister. And so, you know, you have been a great role model to my children, to everyone that's ever seen you do anything that you do. You've been a great role model. So this day has been, an, today is, I knew it was going to be a mess so, yeah, um, I did it. I thought I was going to do better <laughs> than this. I started feeling it, it this morning when I knew this was going to be what we were going to talk about. Yeah. And I was just like dreading it. But in all honesty, I didn't dread it because it I, it's over. I dreaded it because it's just like mom said, it's been a way of life. It's all yeah, known. Definitely. So I dread it because I loved seeing you play, but I love seeing you take it to another realm. The activism part, you know, it was what my sons and all the country needed when you were younger, but now it's what they need now. So I'm not upset that it's over. I'm just upset yeah. that I can't see you play anymore. That's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I maybe like one it. day I might see you coach. I still <laughs> push that. I'm still wow. going to push that one. Oh, no way. But no, I, yeah, I think for me, it's just emotional because of how much I love basketball. So how much I gave to it. That's why I'm emotional. Paulino. It's crazy because people think that me and Paul, I just explained this to some people I was just talking to and they're like, you know, Paul is interesting. He's different. He's not like your normal sports manager. And I'm like, that's why he's my manager in a sense of people don't, I don't think people necessarily know how long me and Paul being cool like back in the obviously we my Connecticut Sundays he's in Connecticut so yeah Paulino I'm retiring what the heck <laughs> well I saw your last 30 point game how about that <laughs> <laughs> I like that I liked it. he was live oh you was in New York yeah yeah that's when you set the record for yeah. uh, most threes and a half yeah beautiful Great. um yeah no it's been I mean you're, I mean we're acting like Renee's dying here. I know it's so bad because that's why I'm so upset. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm glad you said that because I really did not expect this. Like I'm being so serious. I thought I was going to be like, yo, dear basketball, I love you. It's been real. Let's keep this thing going. Like I wrote it out because I wanted to make sure like, all right, let me make sure I thank the right people and everything like that. And then as I was saying the words, I'm like, dang, I'm going to miss basketball. So no, we're not dying. We're just, we're a very basketball family. And so we're going to miss basketball. So thank you for pointing that out, Paulino, for the other people. It's not like we're dying. We just, this was a part of all of our lives. Like my whole family would vacation to the NCAA final four. They would come to the games, like as family events, like basically our family reunions were what game are we going to go see this year, Renee? So it's like, we're still going to have family reunions and all that, but yes, this is why we are, we are emotionally tied to basketball. And I apologize for all of the tears. Cause I'm like mad at myself. So well, so how else are you feeling, Paul? Let's, let's, <laughs> we've already broke down. We want to hear what you have to say. Talk logical to us. Uh, um, 
Well, I'll tell you, like, so uh, how me and Renee met is just from, well, just hit myself. But, uh, uh, you know, my brand, PG Sports, and I hit her up, and she was actually the first female athlete to wear PG Sports. Let's go! So, I mean, I, I don't know if people still know that now. It was actually a trivia question I had, too, and I, I don't know. I forgot if somebody got it right or something. But anyways, but, yeah, just like uh, Renee is, was always available, and after, uh, you know, she commented on one of the pictures and wanted to be in a photo shoot. And then we did it. And then ever since then, you know. It's crazy because I'm going to do a teaser for for um, an episode coming later this month. I interview Ray Allen. And Paul doesn't know this, but Ray Allen used a word. He said, anybody that's successful knows that they have to be available. So that's interesting you use that word just because I just yeah, heard I that. interview today. <laughs> oh, you want? Okay, okay. Because I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, But yeah, so. I guess this is me saying, dear basketball, I love you. Let's, it's been real. And let's keep the momentum going. I'm not going to go any further into it. I hope you guys enjoy, enjoyed this show. Oh, I, oh, I, have cool. one, I have one thing to say. Talking about Paulino and you. So <laughs> remember, this is Paul, just to let you know. So I remember Renee came up with, she came to visit us and she had your shirt or it was something she had on it had your emblem on it and my sons liked it so much i think she gave them yeah i remember them having yeah. something with your son with the symbol on it because it was so different it was like you know it was like that cusp of people not wearing necessarily a name brand but something that was really cool and different and yeah. so my sons have always been about that so they loved it <laughs> and she actually gave them some of your gear so before we even knew who you were Fact. My sons are wearing I know. your if, gear. If you go check it. Uh, I don't. I don't know which one it is, but if you check his profile, his picture is in it. Oh, for real? Like that's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's crazy no. because, like, you know, my like everybody knows my like, those are my babies. <laughs> yeah. So if they if they tell me they like something, I'm like, oh, what you like this? Here, take it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yo, take it. It's yours. So yeah, we share the PG love around here, man. I'm I'm excited. Like so now that I've gotten all the crying out of the way. I'm excited just for what the future holds. I want to add more momentum. I want to add more moments. You know, I thought I was just going to have one moment turned into this. And so that's kind of crazy to me that I have the shirt on moments equal momentum because it really all started with one moment. I didn't know where it was taking me, but it's crazy where it took me. And I'm excited because my two lit crew, we are going on this journey. Y'all know y'all got to deal with my manager, Paul, for life. That's just how I function. Shouts to my agent, Eric Wysel, because I was with him my whole pro career. That's just how I move. Like I have this loyalty thing about me. Um, so y'all are going to be dealing with Paul all of my life. That's just how it works. My family, you know that they're along for the ride. They don't have a choice. They were born. I was born into that blessing. So yeah, you all, I'm just excited and I hope that you guys just enjoy and, and join in on this journey with me, just trying to create moments, trying to create change and just trying to keep the momentum going. So that's all I have for this week. Woo, that was a show. That was a show. Um, Y'all tune in next week. Don't just tune in this week, okay? Because I bet there was a lot of newcomers this week. Don't just tune in this week. Tune in next week because it's going to be lit as well while we connect while being remote. See y'all next time. This is Dr. Joy. In a world that sometimes feels uncertain, where communities can be disconnected, there are beacons of hope in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California Volunteers Network. 
They believe that the people living all around you are your best bet at creating meaningful social bonds and preparing you for the next big weather event. Whether it's lending a helping hand to a neighbor in need or standing together in times of natural disaster, Neighbor to Neighbor empowers you to grow your community. Visit caneighbors.com to learn how you can help build a more connected community. Neighbor to Neighbor. It takes a neighborhood. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.